Okay, so y'all, if you listen, Andrew's going to click us off. Okay, well, let's get it then. I was lost, I was bound, couldn't find a solid ground. I was blind. super loud. Guys, I really need y'all to sing loud on this verse, okay? Y'all are carrying lead, and I cannot hear y'all at all. Um, so, and y'all, do y'all know this verse? So, let's go, let's, let's go over this verse, okay? Okay, so let's start on that tag. oh, 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 rescued me but um see how you I can't hear y'all very well at all I couldn't hear this morning either can you turn these monitors up on the stage possibly singers mainly because I cannot hear y'all yeah I couldn't hear this Hey, y'all talking y'all's mic one by one. I. Okay, that's good. Hello. 
Okay, I need Kenzie. What mic is this? Six turned up, please. Mason talking yours. Hello. Can you turn Mason's up a smidge? Uh, what, what number are you? Three. Okay, Asher talking yours. Hello. Can turn Asher's up a little bit. What number are you? Seven, yeah. Uh, Sterling. Hello. I can hear yours. Richard. Pepperoni pizza. I can hear yours. Kylie. Hello. You might turn hers up a little bit. Tiny bit. Hello. Yeah, turn her up. (laughs) Came and rescued me. Okay, Juliana. Test. Turn, uh, what number are you? Eight up a smidge. Jackson. Emma. J-Dog in the house. Hello. Oh, what number is that? Keep that bad boy right here. You want it locked in. Is it non? Is that what you said? Non? This is okay. the way. Thank you. No. This is the way. This is the way. Okay, so now maybe I should be able to hear y'all. So let's start from the beginning. Y'all get some oomph. We kind of warmed up a little bit, okay? Get some oomph into you. We'll start from the beginning. Right here. Not like like Change my name. 
sounds so weird guys I think it's y'all that on that rescued me is uh, something that's throwing it off because y'all should not be up high like some of y'all are trying to sing our rescued me okay so y'all need to be singing lead um, but in just three days you came and rescued me came and rescued me Came and rescued me. Yeah, rescued me. Let's let's go over that that verse real quick. Um, I was lost. I was found. Couldn't find a solid ground. I was blind. Couldn't see how you called me royalty. But in just three days, you came and rescued me. Oh, perfect. That's what it was. Whatever y'all just did then, that was it. That was perfect. That sounded much better. I know all of y'all. Rescued me. Okay, that sounds really good. Any other questions on that one? Yes. Mason wants to go over his part one more time. So let's go from, (laughs) let's go, um, let's go from the chorus and the tag going into the, I just thought through the tag. sounds great let's move on to over and over do this one for prayer so y'all go ahead and do your little shuffling
her? What? She's this, new. This is her first time. She'll she's warm new up. around here. No, this is Emma. Emma. This is Emma, brother Mike. What did you need? She knew. He said she's stiff. She's new. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, she's fine. Better not be judging no There's worship up there. Okay, y'all, so y'all listen on this one. Grow, get. Grow, get. Grow, get. Okay? Grow will come first and get. That you, I know, and you have so many words in between it that you don't remember what G word you said. I can never grow tired. I will never get tired. I could never grow. I will never get. So you're like, I, I could never grow tired. You know what? I will never get tired. Okay? Try to keep that in your mind when we're going back and forth between those. Yes. Okay. Okay, so Jules does the uh, verse on this one, and then she sings the chorus by herself. Yeah, so she needs to be in the front. child <laughs> get back here child okay she's got eight nine Girl, what number do you have eight Y'all could stand on the steps. <laughs> sing to the crowd. Never okay. singing a solo has to stand on the steps. <laughs> okay. So. Is that better? Okay. And so y'all know on this one, this is one of those that y'all can kind of outright pray on this one not straight up in the mic prophesying over people but just lightly praying okay get out of here helps her leave that you need he has so many rashes <laughs> to wear a hat he's got that back okay rash. we'll start get new pants
Yeah. I I can never grow tired of telling you. There's only I I want. Yeah, it's it's not I will ah 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 like ah like ah. I will never get tired. Yeah, the R is not very prominent when you're singing tired, okay? It's not tired. I will never get tired. Tired. Right. Yeah, you'll sing it. Uh, you, I mean, you'll play the those chords once the normal chords once after the bridge, but then it changes into that, those last chords. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, any questions on that one? Y'all make sure you have energy in that one, okay? Because you're talking about never growing tired, and that's kind of awkward if you're tired, singing it, tired. Okay, good. Victory Medley. <laughs> I think you sing a verse. Me sing? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that I was singing. The girl, Stevie. <laughs> the girl. Yeah, so you sing the verses on this. He sings the... Um, Callan, your batteries are almost dead in your mic, and I changed them out. So okay, I'll make sure I change them after practice. Okay. Yeah. So maybe some prayers. That would not be good. This little popping up. <laughs> that just appeared. Yeah, it's appearing there. I'll come in with you on the second verse and harmonize with you. Okay. 
Okay, y'all, on this one, so the transition going into deliverance, um, this, this is how Okay, and then it has that instrumental where y'all will be worshiping. Because you'll be leading at the end of this. Yeah, we'll have four. Yeah, do four, and then y'all just stagger back here. So, Jules and Emma, y'all will stagger back. Yeah. Yeah, y'all do, do four the whole time, y'all. Oh, gosh, huh? Okay, so let's go over this real quick, y'all. We're going to run through it. Yeah, we'll do four the whole time.
weight to build it up to. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was good, but um, yeah, I liked music wise, but let's do Satan, you're a liar first. I did not like that. So we can build back into deliverance. So, uh, Kylie, how about you come into. Do you want to come into it? That's fine. Do you want to come into it? So we'll come into it soft. Are you going to play it through twice? Play through what? Can you come in when I still do that? On Satan, your alarm?
very awesome. Okay, any questions? Five minutes.
happy to be here on this Sunday night. Woo! So happy to look out and see so many familiar faces. We're accompanied by more youth groups. I'm so happy that they got here safe. I think there's four of them. Happy to see y'all. Glad y'all could be here. I mean, I just can't wait for this word. Um, over the past, I, I had a conviction placed in my heart. So I was reading a book, and it was not the Bible. I know you're like, it should have been. But it was actually called The Autobiography of Malcolm X. And if you don't, do not know who Malcolm X is, he was a civil rights activist in the early 50s, late 60s. And you probably know Martin Luther King. They called him and Malcolm X perfect opposites. They called Martin Luther King the, sword, the shield and, Mar and Malcolm X the, the sword because Martin Luther King was passive. He believed in peaceful protest. Malcolm X believed in more aggression and he had more angst and passion towards what he believed in. I was thinking I was reading this book and he talked about Christians and the Christian faith and he talked about Afro-Americans who were prejudiced at this time and there was segregation and he was talking about Christians he was talking about how Christians had brainwashed they had put two different churches and segregated which we that is not what we believe in that they were not preaching what they they were not teaching what they were preaching that is not right. That is not what we believe in at all. So I started thinking and about the movements and how many people showed up in the um, Lincoln Memorial on the steps and when they would talk and how they'd have all these crowds and there was people and movements and changes for the betterment of America until eventually we were here today. But I was also thinking, we are at a, we, we seem comfortable. We, we are actually at a worse time in history where there is more sin than there ever was. Divorce rates are more than half. You have homosexual, homosexuality and people who are hurting and need help and need goodness and need a God that they can trust. But yet, and I also was thinking in NAYC, which is a bit major thing that is coming up, there's over 30,000 people that are already signed up to attend, but there could be more. And we have, we have the ability and we have the teachings to go out and to fix it and to help the betterment and to improve and to just love. If you need us, if you need a way to help, just love. Because what do you do when you love somebody? You do anything for them. You're like, hey, I've seen you're hurting. I've seen you've been down this past week. I have some advice. Hey, I've seen you're going through something. I have a God that you can trust and that you can believe in to better. We have the ability and we have the tools to fix it and to change. And I want to see it change because it can happen. Because we haven't had people who speak, who speak on the steps of the, of the Lincoln Memorial, who speak at the White House about a goodness and a betterment. But yet we haven't had that. And we need that. Because we are flesh, we're human. Some people don't have the divine word of God to speak into their mind. They need a vocal word that they can hear. I can hear every day to see in the news and the trust about a good and a better life and a better future. Because I want to see if there are divorce rates more than half. We know divorce is a sin. 
What do you think of the, what, do you, what do you think is going to happen to those people? I want to see divorce rates at a zero. I want to see there's no sin and that when I get up to heaven, I see that every single person has made it up there with me. I just want a better future. And I know each and every one of us have. It's just one person that you can speak to. Because that one person can turn into ten. And those ten people can turn into a hundred. Eventually those hundred turn into thousands. And then millions. And then billions. But I also want for us to have a great youth Sunday tonight. For us to be a word planted in our mind. And for us to go out in this week. And to have safe travels back to our churches. And... For a great rest of the summer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. How many of you are happy to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. If you're not already standing, let's get on our feet. Let's praise God with everything we've got, okay? I was lost. I was blind. Couldn't find a solid I was blind.
recognize God's spirit now we realize what he's done now we understand how great he is but Lord man if you didn't feel it in that first song man he got tuned up a little bit or something because Lord his presence is so real and his presence is so here and one of the greatest things that the Lord has given us is prayer and that's why I'm up here for prayer requests and and Stephen asked me to do prayer and I was trying to think of cool stories I was trying to think of little cool analogies blow your minds a little bit and I came up with nothing. But you know what I did remember? I remember when Jesus went to the woman in the well. And he said, go out, go out and tell him about me. That's all he said. He said, go out and tell him about me. Tell him what you've experienced. And from that, a whole town knew about him. From one person saying their personal testimony, how they met Jesus, a whole city erupted into this Jesus fire that followed him. And then he, we know what Jesus did. Oh, Lord. And so I don't have a cool analogy. I don't have any of that. But I do have a testimony. I have a testimony. Callan has a testimony. Stephen has a testimony. Kylie has a testimony. All about how we were stuck and we were in the dark and how we didn't do our part and yet God did. I know that for a fact because back in the day, God saved me. Back in the day, God saved my parents and he saved my family. And I wasn't doing my part, but he was doing his. And that's the great thing about God is he will always, always do his part, even when we don't. Even when we don't. So yes, this is about to be a slow song. Yes, you can cry a little bit. But please, don't forget how you woke up today. Don't forget that you have a family waiting for you back at home. Don't forget that you have friends and that you live in this day and age where you can drive and go get fast food whenever you want. Don't forget that because it's a miracle and it's a blessing that we're in this time right now. Why? Because God put us here. He didn't put Paul here. He didn't put Mark here. He put you here. He put your parents here. He put your church here. And so, yes, cry a little bit if you want to because God 
He's so amazing. God, he did so much. Remember how you woke up today. Remember how you're breathing right now. So, yes, we're about to go into these prayers. And as you can see, we have so many names and so many people and so many brothers, sisters, moms, dads, aunts, and uncles up here. And so if you look up there and you see one name that sticks out to you, you see one letter that sticks out to you, or you see a row, if you're a prayer warrior, if you see a title slide, pray for them. Pray for them with everything that you have because that's what God gave us to fight. That's how God let us fight our battles is he said, pray. Pray to me. Ask me. Come to me. Come talk to me and I'll take care of you. So, yes, we're about to go into prayer. So join me for prayer. Join me with these prayer requests. And I already see a group down front. And I see all young people and, like, one old person. But please, if you're older than, like, 26, there's no age limit to the altar. There's no age limit to God. There's no age limit to his glory or his help. So hey, whether you're 14 or whether you're 48 or whether you're 60 or above, I don't know. The Lord will still help you. So, Jesus, thank you. Thank you, God. Lord, let us have this energetic spirit as we come to you in prayer and as we remember who you are, what you did, God. Because it wasn't an easy task to come down here and die for us. It wasn't fun. It wasn't something that you wanted to do, God. But you had to because you wanted us in heaven with you. You wanted us to come with you, Lord. So I pray for these prayer requests. I pray for the brothers and sisters that are up there. And I pray for the people in the pews, God. I pray for the people in the pews that if they called, if they feel a calling to come down, Lord, don't let anything stop them. Even push them, God, to come down and feel your presence, God. But even if not, you're still real from the front of the room to the back of the room. So, Lord, take control. Just take control of us, God. Just take control. Jesus, amen. Holy, that's who you are, angel.
say something and then bring offering down, but I'll bring offering down first and then say something after. So if the ushers could come. Lord, I thank you for what you've already done in the service, God. I thank you for all the people here, God. I ask, Lord, that you would keep them safe on their travels back, that we would really just have fun in your presence, God, that we would grow in your presence today. I ask, Lord, that you would Touch Brother Stephen, God, I thank you for the anointing that you put on him, God, for the calling you've put on him, Lord. I ask, Lord, that you would help us to be sensitive, that we would open our hearts and our minds to you, God. In Jesus' name. So we're going to go into a pretty cool song. Um, it's, it's one of my favorites. I'm a big praise God, jump around, go crazy. Um, but it kind of starts off slow, but... Don't let that affect your praise towards God. Don't let the stuff that's going around around you affect your praise with God. Um, I love praising God no matter what because whatever you're going through, doesn't matter what it is, where you're at in your life, you can still praise God. You can still show forth in praise. Um, and something that's kind of cool to me that Brother Stephen spoke about this Wednesday um, it was about King David going and uh, getting the Ark of the Covenant back. And how um, when they got it back, they would go six paces, right? Six paces, stop, and then um, David would make a sacrifice, and he would praise God, and he would dance. So the cool thing about that is you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be where you need to be or where you want to be to praise God. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have everything in your life lined up just perfectly to praise God. And what's also cool is in that the Ark of the Covenant is representing the Holy Spirit. So if you haven't tapped into the Holy Spirit in a little bit, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be perfect. Just praise God. And eventually, if you keep praising God, you will get at home and you will get the Holy Spirit. So if you would praise with us, just do whatever it is that you need to do. If it's a little head bop, if it's a little hand raise, if it's jumping around, if you feel like God's telling you to roll on the floor, go for it. But we're just going to go and we're going to praise God together. Thank you, Jesus. No weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. 
Liberty to do it. Why don't you take it, man? 
tonight can you feel him tonight if you get nothing else from this service but being able to watch young people that if you watch the news or if you listen to social media or anything you're told that the, this new generation is not good for much and that we're lazy and we don't have much of a attention span and we're we have no we have no hope and and then you watch these young people here, and I don't know who lost their headband. I don't know who it was. Between Emma and Kenzie, it was one of them. God's doing something. God's doing something in these young people. God's doing something in everybody else in his kingdom. God's doing something in the people that haven't even walked through these doors yet. But he's getting something ready. He's working, he's moving, he's getting things ready. But are we going to be aware of it? Mm. I have friends here. We have friends here because not just my friends, they're friends of the church. We are, we are grateful to have. We see some Savoy people. Grateful to see y'all. That, that's awesome. We've got our friends also from North Richland Hills. LD brought his group. We're so excited for that. We've got my friend from Mesquite, Sam and Sabrina Bailey. Got Lincoln Stanley that came from Garland. We've got friends. Ready to go into battle with us, amen? And since I had friends coming, I wanted to preach a fun message. And God said, no. And so here we are. And so I, but he did show me that there was two places that he wanted us to get in this, in this service, the two places he wanted us to reach spiritually. And the first one, funny enough, was a elevated state of faith, knowing that God is able and that God can. I didn't even have to say a word for us to get there. But I believe that in the worship service that we believe and we got to the state where we know and we believe that God can, God is able, and God is willing to move in your situation. Am I the only one that believes that or somebody in here believe? that God can move. I, I walked in with sickness. I walked in with bondage. I walked in with this. I walked in with that. But when God is here, I can walk out in liberty. I can walk out in freedom. I can walk out in healing because God is here. Mm. I'm going to jump to our scripture really quick. I won't take long. It's two scriptures. The first one, it's Matthew 8. 2 through 3, Matthew 8, 2 through 3, if you're using the screen, say amen. It says, a man with leprosy came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out with his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed, and immediately 
his leprosy was cleansed. And then let's go to another scenario that's not quite as quick, but it's Daniel 3, 17 through 18. And it says, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods, nor worship the golden statue that you have set up. We could say a word right now in prayer as we're seated. That God, I feel your presence. God, I know you're here. God, I know you're moving and I know that you're working. But God, I don't want just an experience tonight. I don't want to just feel you tonight. But God, I want you to change me tonight. I want our faith to be elevated. I want to draw closer to you. I want hearts to be healed. I want minds to be cleansed. God, I want your will to be done. So God, I pray that you anoint me to speak your word. Let every word that I say be anointed. Let every action that I make, God, be anointed. And I pray that every person in this congregation is in one mind, one accord, and ready to receive your word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Say amen as you're seated. I'm so glad we don't serve a stagnant, a stoic, or a still God but a healing God, a delivering God, a comforting God. And so what lets me know that you feel the same way is that you're here tonight. That I don't believe that of your limited days off from work that you would decide to go to a house of worship to a God that does nothing for you. I have trouble believing that. I have trouble believing some of you would travel 100 miles or so to get here, to dress up nice, to sweat, to serve a God that does nothing for you. I have trouble believing that. If he has not answered a prayer of some sort or touched your body in some sort or brought peace to you when you needed it at some sort, I have trouble believing that he has not done one of those things for you to get you here tonight. No matter how weary you walked in this place, no matter how tired you may be, how tough your life may be right now, God has done something in our lives to let us know that everything can change in an instant. And if if God has, I want to just do a quick little exercise here. If God has touched you instantaneously, meaning you had a headache, you prayed, it was gone. You had a family situation, you prayed, immediately it was changed. If God has moved miraculously in an instantaneous way in your life, I want you to raise your hand. And if he hasn't done it for you, I want you to look around. Keep your hands up. Because you're raising your hand to remind yourself that he has. You're raising your hand to remind yourself that he's able but you're telling everybody else around you, hey, he can. That he is able to, and he's the same God that did it for you then that's in this place today. Amen? And so what I'm letting you know that is the same God moving that is able to heal your sickness, deliver you from bondage, make a way when there is no way. In Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly. Above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. This isn't a, a revelatory statement, but sometimes we need a reminder of what God can do. 
Sometimes we need a reminder of what God has done for us, the power that he holds, the power to do greater, to go further than anything we could ever imagine with all of the creativity that we possess, he is able to do more. And so, that's the fun part of the message. And knowing that God can heal, that he's willing to, that we learn from the man with leprosy, that he's saying, if you're, if you're willing to heal, and Jesus says, I am willing, knowing and letting us know that God is willing to heal you. That God wants to heal you, to deliver you what your situation is, he is willing. But sometimes it's not always the will of God that you are. And you may think, what does that mean? What, how can that be? That seemed contradictory. No. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into it. But I, I do want to give one quick example of a little small testimony of God moving in my life. And it's tiny. It is, it's goofy. But I hold on to it. And I was probably 11. And I was playing basketball outside of my house. And I, I'm, not, I'm still not super good at being extroverted. But I definitely wasn't then. And I was chunky and, you know. I was just out there wearing like my hand-me-down sweats, and I was like, I was shooting hoops outside my house, and I see my neighbor, their grandkids were over, and they were both my age. I knew who they were, but I didn't know them. You all have those people? Like, you, they didn't go to your school, so you know who they are, but then you don't know them no, well enough to like talk to them or like hang out with them. They were that. And so they were both playing, and I was looking at them, and I was like, man, I want to play with them. <sighs> I'm not going to ask them, though. No. So I was, like, so I was like shooting hoops, and I'd look over at them to see if they're going to come over here, and they weren't. And then I would go, and I'd keep looking. They weren't. And so I was like, God, have them ask me to play with them or ask if they can play with me. And then I, I shoot another shot, and next thing I know, I hear somebody next to me. And they're like, hey, I was wondering if you wanted to play with us or maybe we could play with you. The exact words that I had prayed. And I stopped. I was like, Yes. Yes, and it's, it's silly, it's goofy, but I was 11 then, I'm 26 now, 15 years later, I hold on to that. That I know that in the small things that I pray, that God is able to instantaneously move and answer a prayer of mine. And so that's something that I believe we can hold on to knowing as we serve, as we follow after God, that God can God is able to, and God is willing, and it's a comforting thing to serve and pray to a God that is able and that is willing. And so I believe, and we've already worshiped tonight. We've already praised. We've already danced. But I believe that God can pull you out of whatever you're going through tonight. Am I crazy to believe that? Am I crazy to believe that what you're going through? Actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and just praise God right now like he did. I want you to think about what your situation is. And so, oh, I'm, I'm fighting depression right now. All right, begin to praise him like you've got joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, my, my, my kids aren't in church anymore. Begin to praise him like they just walked through that door. Begin to praise him like God just answered the prayer you've been praying. In Jesus' name, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, you are a good God. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Mm. Mm. Praising God for what he's done for you is a powerful thing. But here's where, it, here's where it settles down. Here's where it gets a little less fun is what I want to challenge you with tonight is that we've demonstrated what we will do when God answers our prayers. 
But what does your praise look like when he doesn't? What does your Monday look like when he doesn't heal you tonight? Are you still praising him? Are you still serving him? Does your loyalty and praise hinge on the timing of your miracle? I'm just, I'm just being, I'm just being real for a second. I don't expect, I didn't expect running the aisles here. I didn't expect, but I want us to be real here. I want this to settle in because this is a very real thing. And this is why we see so many people leave the church. This is why we see so many people back away from their walk with God because they had a prayer in their life. They had something that they needed done. They felt in a certain time that when it didn't happen, they felt like God wasn't for them. And so as we work through this service tonight, I truly believe that lives are going to be changed. If God heals you tonight, we're going to shout, we're going to dance, and we're going to praise with you. If you don't see your healing tonight, we are going to shout, we are going to dance, and we are going to praise with you. Because it does not change if God is worthy of our praise. It does not change what we see of what God is. So if you don't see your healing tonight, your miracle tonight, we are going to dance, shout, and praise anyway. Because I believe faith in God is going to be restored tonight. I believe that understanding of who God is for you and what he is going to be doing for you is becoming clear tonight. And because of this, I don't think your life will ever be the same. I believe that your faith is going to be untouchable. But only if you make up in your mind tonight and you make Joshua 1 and 9 personal and saying, I will be strong and courageous, that I will not be frightened and I will not be dismayed, for the Lord my God is with me wherever I go. If you're in the valley right now, God is with you, amen? If you're on the mountaintop and everything's going really good, God is with you. And so right now, I don't know every need. I don't know every situation, but I'm talking about the God that does and the God that's able to move and be with you whether you're healed tonight Or you don't see that healing tonight. I'm believing that God is going to be with us. And so we read about a man who was healed of his leprosy immediately. That's how we always want our situations to be. That's how we want all of it to be. To go up, get in the presence of God, say, God, if you're willing. He said, yes, sir, and takes it away. But who knows that doesn't always happen. A lot of us, huh? And so let's go to a story that sometimes it's a little more relatable to us. And it's. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if you grew up going to Sunday school, there is a 200% chance you were taught about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That, that King Nebuchadnezzar sets up this golden image and he decides that when we, when we blow these horns, everybody is going to bow and worship this image of me. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decide, not us though. So that upsets the king, and he decides, well, you know what? We're going to throw you in the fiery furnace then. And that's when we begin to see them in a dilemma, that they're caught up, that they were standing up for their faith. They were caught up against something, and I think it's easy for us to read these stories and skip to the ending and not really get personal and see the stories like if we were in there. That knowing that they survive, knowing that they make it through, it can prevent us from emotionally connecting to the story. It prevents us from putting ourselves in their shoes and feeling what they felt. But when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego experience this and they find themselves face-to-face with this king who is sentencing them to a fiery furnace... Who's been outside this past week? All right, now imagine that, but inside a box. 
I'm imagining it's the same temperature. It's got to be close, but now it's in a box. But, and they said, you know, we're going to crank it up seven times hotter, it's, and you're going, to, you're going to burn up because you're not doing what we told you to do. And where they're trying to intimidate them, and they're trying to say, this is the way you need to act, that you don't need to worship your God, but you need to bow down to us. But if you look at the dialogue, the powerful statement, it says, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. And he will rescue us from your power. That's the faith we, we praised with earlier. That's that faith that I talked about that I want us to get to the point of believing that if we're in a situation of hurt, a situation of trials, a situation where we don't know the way out that God can deliver us. That's where he's at and that's where a lot of us are. And that's, you can get a lot of Christians behind that. But he moves into something that's not as attractive to every Christian. And I, I would hope that they all kind of discussed what they would say instead of just one just kind of slinging it out there. Because I feel like him saying, like, well, our God can rescue us and deliver us. And the other two are like, yeah. He's like, but even if he doesn't, we're still going to. The guy's like, whoa, okay, hang on. We didn't talk about that part. Uh, but but I, hopefully they were kind of in agreement right here of deciding that, you know what? I know my God can. I know my God is willing to. But even if he doesn't, that doesn't change a thing. That I know he can heal me. I know he can touch me. I know he can take my depression away. I know he can do this. I know he can heal my body. But if I don't see it today, that doesn't change anything. I'm still praising. I'm still serving. I'm still moving forward in Jesus' name. But even if he doesn't, mm, I know my God can. I know my God can miraculously heal me. I know my God can move right now in my situation. But even if he doesn't, I will not stop pursuing. Even if he doesn't, I will not stop praying. Even if he doesn't, I will not stop worshiping. I know my God can. But even if he doesn't, I will trust him. That's faith. That's what faith is. Faith isn't walking with him every time you get something right and you get what you're wanting. That's not faith. That's just you getting stuff. But faith, we can't be a faithful servant when all we get is what we want. That's not how God operates, but a life following after Christ is going to have trials. I didn't blow your mind there. Everybody said, right, like I know. I agree. I've, I'm experiencing it. And James 1.12 says, blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. See, a trial is a, is a person, a thing, or a situation that tests a person's endurance or forbearance. More than likely, every one of us are familiar with trials. That with tough times, with hardships, with hurts, with heartbreaks, with doubts, and with fears... And sometimes we think that we're weird or that we're doing something wrong because we're experiencing trials and that we're the only ones fighting this. And so we can't talk to other people about it and we can't go up to the front for prayer because people will think something's wrong with me then. 1 Peter 4.12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial that is to try you. Don't think it's weird you're fighting something. Don't think it's weird that you're struggling. Don't think it's weird something is coming against you as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, 
that which when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Yes, you're going against something. Yes, things are coming against you. Yes, you're hurting, you're fighting, you're struggling, but you're going to make it. You're going to get out on the other side, and the glory of God is going to be there the entire way, the whole way, every step. Every trial, every time, what you're going through, that one. The next thing you go through, that one too. God is not going to leave you nor forsake you. And so being, going through trials, it should not surprise us as Christians, as followers of Christ and pursuing a life of righteousness. We should not be surprised when hardships and trials come our way. So, so we know that trials are to be expected. We, we know this. We've been warned. The game plan has been revealed. We've been given the playbook. And the element of surprise is now gone, but yet we still see people lose the battle. We still see Christians become discouraged. And we see our family members backslide. And the reason is, and what's really cool is, Lee, are you, are you here tonight? Is Lee Armstrong here? Or is he, is he not? He, talk, he touched on it this morning. And I thought that was so cool that he began to talk about how we're always in a hurry and that we, we, we move fast and we move quick. And this is oftentimes why we find ourselves struggling because we have social media that can, and Netflix or any type of streaming that it can immediately cure your boredom. That we have DoorDash and we have fast food that can immediately cure your hunger. That we have painkillers and we have medication that can immediately cure our pains and our, our aches. And so we've gotten so accustomed to this lifestyle of fast as possible. Everything, fast as possible, fast as possible. And I was at, I think I was at Chick-fil-A recently and I waited maybe seven seconds before they took my order. And they said, sorry for the wait. I was like, yeah, it's unacceptable, my goodness. Let's, Let's get it together here. But we've gotten so used to this fast as possible that we no longer understand or depend on the God of where all things are possible. That we get so used to this fast lifestyle that we don't trust on God and on his process anymore. So that when we begin suffering, when we begin to experience hurt, and when we begin to feel the heat from our fiery trials, we want out immediately. And everything in this world, it seems to work instantaneously. And when we don't see a miracle after the first prayer, we wonder if God is even hearing us. Can anybody relate to that? That you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and finally after five minutes you didn't get your answer. And you wonder, God, where are you? I've been here for minutes. When you have ADD, it's, it's hard to pray sometimes. And, but... But it's easy to get discouraged when you're not seeing God work in your life. And, but I'm living proof that God has everything under control. And this is where I get personal. That if you know my life, if you know my family, I'm just like all of you. I, we've gone through stuff. We've, gone, we've, we've fought battles. And so whenever I was six years old, I was diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer in my left eye called rhabdomyosarcoma. And so if you didn't know, now you'll notice why my left eye is a little bit different than my right eye. And when I smile, it's a little bit bigger. There you go. You've been wondering. Here it is. We got it, we got it handled. I should have settled that first. But I'm sorry. But now, you, now we can move forward. But I was diagnosed at six years old 
with this rhabdomyosarcoma, and I just started my first T-ball season. And I know my parents, their biggest worry at that time should have been what my batting average was going to be. Or if I was going to run to first base instead of third base. Or what it was. But instead, our world was flipped completely upside down with this surprise diagnosis. And this church prayed for a miracle, I'm sure. That I was on the prayer request list. That mom, I'm sure... Y'all prayed that God would take it away. That we've heard the stories that there was a tumor. Now I went back into the office and I don't know how. I don't know. I can't explain it. But the tumor is gone. And they prayed for it. And as as we prayed for it to go away, it it didn't. And as my, my family in this church prayed for this cancer to shrivel up and die, they watched as the chemotherapy destroyed my body. And while... My family prayed for a healing, and this church prayed for a healing. They watched as my hair fell out. And as my family and this church prayed for a healing, they watched as I became skin and bones, and I grew weaker and weaker. And as my family prayed, and this church prayed for a healing, they would watch and listen as I spent night upon night just throwing up without end because of the harsh effects of the chemotherapy. And I remember that I knew that it was coming and I would be so tired just from throwing up that I would just put my foot up on the side of the commode and I would just kind of rest my body on my own leg because I was so weak and I was so tired, but I needed to, I had to keep throwing up and I was so sick, but I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. And this whole time, this church and my family are praying for a healing. And this goes on for a year. 52 chemotherapy treatments around 30 radiation therapy treatments, weeks spent in a hospital, countless trips to and from Dallas. It took me months to be able for our family to drive through a parking garage without me having an anxiety attack because I thought we were going back for more treatments. That it took me years to be able to eat at a Chick-fil-A because our family would stop at Chick-fil-A after every treatment. And so I would be so sick there that I I could not even look at a Chick-fil-A without panicking and without getting ready to throw up. And so, but this whole time we're praying for a healing. But after this year of treatment, after this year of sickness, after this year of of fighting and fighting and battling and treatments and needles and surgeries, finally I was considered cancer-free. My miracle healing never came. My immediate removal of this seemingly unbearable suffering it it never came and several years later a pastor is preaching a message and he says everybody that's been healed of cancer I want you to stand up and we had a couple people stand up and I I didn't stand up and some of my friends like dude stand up I'm like no they're like wow so I and I didn't say at the time but like no he's saying if you were healed from cancer I was not healed from cancer that I suffered for a year of treatments, that I lost my hair and I had to wear do-rags and bandanas because I was embarrassed to go to school, that I was in so much pain for over a year and eventually I got through it. Eventually I fought through it, through all the treatments and everything, the medicine, I got better. I was not healed. But it wasn't until Pastor also mentions later on in my life that he, decide, he describes that an instantaneous healing is not an ordinary healing, but it's a miraculous healing. 
But when you go through the entire process and you fight your way through and you claw your way through and you grow stronger and you come out on the other side, it is still a healing. That God has still healed you, even if it took longer than you expected. And so there's some people in your life right now that you're, you've been going through something. It's been taking way too long, you felt like. And you think, God's not moving in my life. I'm having to do this on my own, and I don't know where God is. I'm praying, but I'm fighting, and I don't know where he's at. He's closer than you can ever imagine. That he's given you that next step to crawl forward. He's given you that next step to keep moving. You may think he's not healing you, but he's working. That he is moving, that he has a plan for you that is for a picture bigger than you will ever imagine. And we're going to wrap this up soon, but I wanted you to understand that this is going to make more sense also. Isaiah 41.10 says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will also help you. I will also uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do not mistake a lack of a miracle for a lack of God in your situation. Everything in this prophecy that Isaiah speaks doesn't say anything about pulling you out of your situation. But it's God putting himself in your situation. So what you're in right now, he's going to help you through it. He's going to uphold you. He may not pull you out, but he'll hold you up to get through it. God is working in your family that you've been praying for. That family member you've been praying for, God's working. You may, I, have, I can't see a change in him. I've been praying for him, and I see nothing. God's working. That I've been praying for this healing, but this, this pain won't leave my body. God is working. That God is still in the midst of your storm. That, so what I'm, I'm challenging us tonight is just to don't give up. To don't stop praying that I know it may not look like it, but God is working everything out for your good and You see, my family in this church, we prayed for a miraculous healing, but it never came. But what did come was strength that my family needed to overcome greater things in our future. And while my miracle healing never came, I learned that my God never left me. I I learned that I learned how to fight. I learned how to overcome adversity. And I know without a doubt that my God could have delivered me in an instant. But instead, he taught my family and I lessons that we would desperately need later on in our lives. And he gave this church a youth pastor that oftentimes I do the prayer request for preliminaries. And I can now with authority say, God is going to bring you through your sickness. That I can look at you if you're sick and you're tired and you're weary. I can look at you, for not from just reading a book, not from just hearing a story, but I can look at you with my own life and say, God is going to be with you. That God is going to help you. That God is going to pull you through. Because he never pulled me out, but he pulled me through. And he will do the same for you tonight. All you have to do is not give up. All you have to do is say, God, I know you can, but even if you don't, I will trust you. We're going to face trials. We're we're going to face situations that don't seem fair. I didn't choose this. I didn't choose to be born in this family. I didn't choose to get sick. I didn't choose to hurt like this. I'm in this situation I don't want to be. And if you feel like you're stuck tonight, if you feel like you've been praying and it seems like God isn't pulling you out, there may be something for you to learn in your trial. There may be something, the title of our message tonight, a tale of the trial. What is the story of your trial saying? 
When people read, the scripture says that we are living epistles to be known and be read by all men, that we are going to be read by people, that they are going to look at us and our, tr- our troubles, our struggles, and they're going to see how we respond. And what is your trial saying tonight? Is your trial saying that they never gave up? Is your trial saying that they kept worshiping, that they kept fighting, or is it saying that they decided it was too hard? But just like Jesus in Luke 22 said, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Now I know you can, but even if you don't, I'm going through with it. And God, if you want to move in an instant, do it. But even if you don't, I'm going to trust you. Even if you don't, I'm going to follow you. Even if you don't, I'm going to love you because I know that all things work together for my good. I know that you have your hand on me. I know that you always see me. And it may not look like it now, and it may look dark now, and it may seem hopeless now, and you may be wishing for a shortcut and a way to get out, but even if God brings you through the long way, he's going to bring you through tonight. I'm going to share one more story tonight. That when I was, I was 13 years old, when my dad had a heart attack, and I ran across the, the road to our neighbor, and I tell him, like, there's something's wrong with my dad, and he, he comes and he gives CPR to my dad, and he gets him to take his first breath, and who knows how long, and an ambulance, they take him to, to the hospital, and but I've seen situations, and Brother Ricky, I remember when you had your heart attack, I remember how scary it was for everybody, but then how you recovered, and people were able to come talk to you afterwards. I remembered that. And so I thought, well, this is what this, is what this will be. And so we're, we're ha- our youth group was having a gym night that night, a lot like what we're having tonight. And, and so I was like, well, you know, I'll just go to the gym night, and... Um, well, because my dad's not even awake yet. So we'll go, and, and then whenever I'll come back when he's awake, and we'll talk about it because this is crazy. This is a weird situation. And so I was, you know, like, all right, we'll go. And so my youth pastor, Brother Jordan, he picks me up from the hospital, and he takes me over to the family center. And I was going to play until my dad woke up, and maybe an hour or so, I don't even know if it was that, I get picked back up to come back to the hospital, and he wasn't awake yet. And so I was like, well, that's weird, but, you know, so I, you know, I prayed, and we're praying, like, oh, God, you know, well, let's, let's wake him up, you know, let's, let's heal him, like, I know what you, I've seen you do it, I, let's, let's do this, let's get this thing going, because, you know, this is weird, and that day ends, and a couple more days go by, and day by day, his vitals drop a little bit, and so I was thinking, like, oh, this is, okay, and then, so I'm 13, so I'm trying to process this, I'm thinking, okay, well, you're, you're testing my faith. I get it. Like now it's looking less likely. That would have been too easy the first day. So I'm, I'll, okay, his vitals drop, so things are looking worse. So that this is when you're going to wake him up. This is it. I get it. And so we were praying. I was praying that he'd wake him up, that he would heal him. And, and then it didn't, it didn't happen again. And a couple more days later, and they bring me into the ICU room just to be me and him. And it was, I guess, just, they didn't tell me that, but. I guess it was to say goodbye to him. And I thought, this is it. 
I've been, I've, I've been praying so hard. It's going to be this one-on-one moment where he's going to gasp for air and, and he's going to wake up and it's going to be this moment because I prayed for it. This is how it works. And he didn't. And then on the seventh day in the hospital, he passed away. I was like, God, I don't get it. You said to cast your cares on you, to cast your burdens, and, and you can heal. I've read about it. I've seen this, and it's not happening. And I said, but, but God, you, you've raised people from the dead, so this has got to be what it is. That this is going to be the craziest story that you're going to raise my dad from the dead. And I remember the day of the funeral, and we're driving, and we're about to get over the overpass over Pine Mill. And I thought, man, it's not looking very good, but this is going to be crazy. If he does it, if he raises my dad right here at the funeral, it's going, this is going to be wild. And, and he didn't. And so we leave the funeral and I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And then a, maybe a year later, we're at NAYC and they bring these, these two students of their siblings and they begin to tell this story that their dad was at work and he had a heart attack and he, and he passes away and he was gone and there was no bringing him back and then God miraculously moves on him and he raises from the dead and everybody, 25,000 people just erupt, just go crazy, celebrating, shouting, worshiping except for me because I looked at him I said, I prayed that same prayer I prayed that for the same situation and he did it for him, but he didn't do it for me. What's the difference? And I begin to think that, well, I guess I'm not good enough then. I guess my prayers weren't enough then. And I begin to slide and I begin to not believe and not care anymore because if he did it for somebody else but didn't do it for me, how important am I? In my mind, I thought what I needed was for my dad to, to come back. In my mind, what I thought was I needed my dad for my whole life. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that God knew what I needed. That I thought I knew, but as, as my dad was removed from my life, other people began to step into my life. And that's where the pastor and his family began to bring me around. And that's where I began to hang out with, who's my wife now. And I know I wouldn't be with my wife today if... If that hadn't happened, I know that I wouldn't have the strength or the perseverance to lead U-Turn Student Ministry today if it wasn't for that. I, I thought I knew. I thought I knew what God needed to do in my life. But God was seeing something else. That God was seeing U-Turn Student Ministries and saying they're going to need somebody that knows how it is to have a broken heart. That knows how it is to seem like everything's not going right. But can still move forward. And if we go back to Daniel 3. The Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego there. They decide that even if you don't answer my prayer, God, I'm... I'm pushing through. God, I'm still pursuing you. God, I'm still, I will go into the fire and I will trust in you. And I don't know what's going to happen, but God, I'm trusting in you. And when they begin to look and they threw three people in the fire and they look and they begin to count four. 
And they said, I don't, who, how many did we throw in there? There was three. And they said, well, this one looks a lot like the son of God in there. And King Nebuchadnezzar looks and says, this must be the true God. Because they went through the fire. Not caring whether or not they come out on the other side. And their God stepped into the situation, into the fire with them. This must be the true God. King Nebuchadnezzar needed to see them go through the fire. And tonight, people need to see you go through the fire. That there's a tale of your trial. There's a story being written in your testimony. And people are looking at you saying, are they going to make it? Are they going to keep going? Because I need help. I need strength. And if they don't make it, I have no hope. And everybody, as we stand, I don't know where you are tonight. but I do know that God's right there with you. And what you need to do tonight is to make the decision that God, I know you can move right now and everything can be flipped on its head. I know that everything can be completely changed, but God, even if you don't do it, that doesn't change a thing. I'm still going into Monday talking about how good my God is, just like if he had healed me tonight. Oh, Jesus. These altars are open right now. And this is going to be a personal moment between you and God. But we're not going to stay in this long. But right now what we're doing is making a commitment to God, saying, God, I know you can. I proclaim my faith to you, God. Knowing how powerful you are, how able you are, that you are able to move and heal and deliver. But God, even if you don't, I'm not stopping. God, I'm still pursuing you. God, I'm still fighting after you. God, I'm still praising you. And after we get through making that commitment, I want every hand lifted to praise God in the midst of your storm, in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the trial, and to let your tale of the trial be that you worship the whole way, that you pursued him the whole way, that you prayed the whole way. Through the fire. 
the same God that we feel here tonight is going to be the God that's with you when you lay down tonight. He's going to be the same God when you wake up in the morning. But if we make up in our minds tonight with the prayers in our mind and in our spirit that we were wanting to see, that we pray in faith that we see it happen. But even if we don't on our timetable, that we're going to glorify God every single day, that we're going to live for him every single day. That's how you're going to win your city. That's how you're going to win your school. That's how you're going to win your coworkers, everybody that you come in contact with. That's how you win them is because of the tale of your trial. And so if you feel the need to continue to pray, to continue to seek after him, to make a commitment, I encourage you to do that. If you're needing to go, because I know it's Sunday night, you can leave, you can go. But I encourage you to take this with you. To let the tale of your trial be one of an overcomer, of a worshiper, of a prayer warrior. And so, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. And God, I thank you that you have never left us nor forsaken us. But God, I pray that we trust in you and in faith and believing what you can do. But God, if we don't see it the way we think we should, let that change nothing in how we follow after you. Because you are good. tomorrow and so I pray for strength for every single person in here tonight and I pray for safe travels for everybody here tonight and I pray for victory this week and for the rest of this year in Jesus name Thank you.
Oh, oh, oh.